0: Come on, Steve, we've got D in the car Failure is not an option. It's a problem of motivation, all right? Boy's well, got a mouth like a cannon, always shooting it off. Yeah, something like that. It's the good stuff. Shake it back! (laughs) Does that feel good? Yeah, it rhymes. They're both verbs. It's awesome. So listen to that. Welcome back to another episode of Strictly Outside the Lines, where we talk about all things that pertain to living a life different than the norm. Outside the norm, against the status quo, shall we say. And within that, there are so many different concepts and ideas to tackle, and it's hard to choose ever just one. Specific idea. So, kind of bounce all over the place. But this time, I want to talk about leaving a legacy and what that means. But before I do, you know, I want to hear from you. I want you to think about it. What are your thoughts about what a legacy means? What does it mean to leave a legacy? How does one go about leaving a legacy? If you could choose to leave a legacy, what would that legacy be? And when do you want that legacy to take place? You know, the reason why I'm thinking about this recently is just because as changes happen in life and as we go through life and there's different events that take place, the more people I meet, the more people I speak to, the more stories I hear. And I absolutely love hearing stories from people and and, and hearing what they're working on, sharing interests with them, sharing resources. I mean, just today I was at Trader Joe's Doing some shopping with my my two younger ones, my two youngest, I should say, and as we were getting ready to to check out, I'm I'm in line behind somebody else who's getting checked out, and then the lane next to me opens up, and the guy motions me over, and so I go to him, and he starts talking to me, asks me how my day is going, and in general, people at Trader Joe's are, are amazing people, like they're just very nice, very friendly, always happy to chat, and they actually train them that way. There's there's a study done about it, and that's part of their training. But this gentleman in particular, he had this very deep voice, very much a radio voice. And so I said to him, I said, I bet you get this a lot. But, you know, have you ever thought about a career in radio? You've got a great voice for that. And he laughed. He said, "I actually, I get it all the time, but I I never tire of hearing it. And then he continued, I'm actually really interested in getting into the voiceover career, the voiceover industry, becoming a voiceover artist. Now, my brother worked in the entertainment industry, still does, but he, he worked in the entertainment industry and he has connections with the film industry and TV and, and music and whatnot. And so there's a potential of connection. But what fascinates me about this is seeing this guy who, here he is, he's working at Trader Joe's, making a living, paying his bills with this passion on the side of becoming a voiceover artist. Now, if I can connect him to somebody he's looking for who could. Potentially help him, empower him, help him to achieve those goals, that would be amazing. And all I've done is reached out to a couple of people and and put him in touch with somebody like that. If that's all it takes from me to be able to help him live his dream, that's an incredibly easy step to take. And yet it could impact generations. Because here's another person who could then be living life according to the way he wants to, living life outside the lines, living life by design. And all because he said hello to me in Trader Joe's, and I connected him with a potential resource. And sometimes we have to say, "Well, you know what? If I don't have any connections in the entertainment industry, you know, what was to say I, you know, nothing good, nothing would have come of it." Well, that's not necessarily true because you never know who your connections' connections are. And as long as you're willing to share a short note with somebody, put out a message, and LinkedIn, your Facebook, your Instagram, your WhatsApp status, whatever it may be, you never know what could come of it. But what does this have to do with legacy? Well, let me rewind a couple of years back. Um, the last conversation I ever had with my father of blessed memory, actually the last conversation I ever had with him in person, was it was a very strange conversation. He couldn't really talk very much. And me being the deep thinker that I am, <laughs> I decided to have a conversation with him about his legacy. What did he want his legacy to be? Because this was a somebody who, you know, He worked, spent 45 years of his life, if not more than that, dedicated and devoted to healing and the connection between your mind, your spirit, your soul, and your body. And it wasn't all his own ideas. This was stuff that was coming from Torah, from Hasidus, from Kabbalah. And he spent 45 years of his life trying to put together in some way or another all this information from thousands of sources so that people could understand it and utilize it and heal. And it's funny because while I never thought I would end up in the healing industry, that's very much so where I am going now. You know, I've got my regular day job, but then I've got the projects that I'm working on on the side. I've mentioned the, the ranch and the homestead before. A big project I'm working on now, I'll give you a little glimpse into, is within the, the realm of suicide prevention and mental health. And so there I was having this conversation with him, and I asked him, you know, what do you want your legacy to be? And for him, what he really wanted it to be was that people should be living a life in one with God, in tune with God, and that they should see that everything that we need to live a successful, happy, healthy life comes from God. And so that was a legacy that he wanted to leave behind. And for quite a while, I was actually, you know, actually for the first year after his passing, because he passed away not too long after that, a couple months after that. For the first year after that, I was trying very hard to live his legacy. You know, this was his parting wishes. This was his dying wish. This was his the legacy that he wanted to leave behind after he died. Now, in many ways, he accomplished a lot of that while he was alive. Yet at the same time he wasn't really able to accomplish as much as maybe he could have, or maybe he did actually accomplish exactly what he needed to accomplish. But in reality, so much more could have been done, should have been able to have been done. And there were challenges that were faced along the way. So here I was spending the year after his passing trying to figure out, how do I do this? How do I live my father's legacy? How do I help his legacy stay alive? Well, it took about a year to realize it. But then I realized that that wasn't for me to live. His legacy was his legacy and his legacy is left behind. Now his legacy continues on in his kids and the people he impacted and the work that he's put out. I've got binders filled with his work. I've got external hard drives filled with his work, but to many, you could look at that and say, and again, this was the approach I had for the first year or so, you know, that because he died, Therefore, his legacy was done. And it was only that which he created up until that point. That was his legacy. And it was one way of looking at it. Now, he was not a man of great wealth. Um, He was a man of many challenging friendships. Some lasted, some didn't. Um, Everybody has their struggles and everybody has their reasons for their struggles. And uh, God puts things in our path in a certain way to be fulfilled as they should or or not but at the end of his life this is where things were something a project that he had been working on for 45 years multiple projects really but the one core underlying project of 45 years of enlightening the world and educating the world on the potential for healing between the body and the soul and here i was with all of his work his life's work essentially trying to do something with it but not being able to because it wasn't my legacy. It wasn't what I wanted to do. I was trying to live somebody else's legacy. And for whatever reasons there may be for that, I'm sure a mental health professional or therapist or psychologist would love to dissect this and try and understand why I wasn't there. We're probably going to point to, oh, you've got issues with your father, and that's why you felt you need to connect with him. And I've been very open and honest with the challenges that I faced. But it did come to the point where I realized like, this was not for me. I couldn't do this. It was not for me to live his legacy. I have to live my own legacy. And that's the thing to think about. Legacies are oftentimes thought about as things that happen once a person passes away. Whether it's financial legacy, whether it's creative legacy. Think of people like Bob Ross. I think that's the name, right? The famous painter. His legacy is one of creative art soothing videos, that's his legacy. Then you have individuals with great wealth who left behind an immense amount of wealth, people who left behind a name that the society knows, the Rothschilds, Carnegie, right? All these people, they, they've all have these legacies that have lasted because of who they were, because of what they created, and they've lasted and continued on beyond their passing. But I'm here to tell you that a legacy is not something that is just lived and it comes about after somebody dies. A legacy is something that can be now as you live. Because one of the things that came out of this thought process that I was having when thinking about my father in that first year was that, again, if he left, his legacy died with him. And his legacy was something that was meant to continue after he passed. And it didn't, let's say. And for me, I wanted to have a living legacy. I wanted my legacy to be something that began while I was alive. The impact started while I was was alive. And in many ways, that's exactly what my father did. And it's not a new concept to have a living legacy. I'm just sharing with you my journey and my thought processes along the way. But to me, a living legacy is a lot more impactful than a legacy that began that begins after somebody's passing. If you think about financial legacy, right? So somebody creates an immense amount of wealth, they share it while they're alive, and then when they're dead, it goes into a fund and it gets dispersed afterwards to, you know, worthwhile organizations. That's a legacy. It's a financial legacy and it's beautiful. Listen, I want to have that too. But the fact of the matter is that that legacy is tied to those finances. Now, What about how that person lived their life? Do you need to have great finances to leave a legacy? Not necessarily, because financial legacy is is one form of a legacy. But if you start living your life in a way where you're constantly and currently impacting people, changing lives even now, that's a living legacy. Because you can start to see a return on your investment even now. By doing simple acts of kindness, simple acts of goodness, by saying hello to that person in Trader Joe's, by making that connection. And the thing is, it really is as simple as that, is as simple as a connection. You know, one of the things that has bothered me throughout my years that I'm learning to become okay with is the idea that I would have said something, I've said something, or said many things really, over the years, with my perspective on education, my perspective on marriage, my perspective on the school system, on various aspects of life, and they seemingly fell on fell upon deaf ears. And recently, it's come to light that you know these are things that yeah the the big names in the industries are talking about. It. A specific example, I don't remember exactly how many years ago. I could try and figure out the math. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with a number around 18. Let's say 18 years ago. Um, I was a student in high school, I think. I think it was 18 years ago. Point is, when I was a student in high school, I was in a, a certain circumstance where I was in a classroom. It was an Orthodox Jewish religious high school. And in the class, we had three types of kids in the class. We had those who were the really bright kids, the very learned kids, you know, the ones that were excellent students, well-behaved. You know, they, they were going to go on to be the next generation of rabbis and leaders within the community. Then you had those who were kind of like the at-risk kids, the ones who really had no interest in being there, or for whatever reason, they had no interest in religion. Um, they were the special projects of the the principals and the heads of school because, you know, you've got to save a soul. If you can save a soul, and for whatever reason, saving a soul meant keeping them religious, uh, then you you've done a great thing. The problem was that the majority of us we're exactly in the middle. We were neither here nor there. We weren't the best and the brightest. We weren't the most learned. But we also really weren't at risk. Like none of us were ever planning on not being religious. It's just we were somewhere in, routine, in between. And that's the thing is that over the years, we were the forgotten ones. Because there was nothing to work with. There was no need to work with us because, oh, we're safe. At least, at least we're safe where we are. There's no pride and glory in us like there would be in the, um, on the, either side of the spectrum. And what happened was this was something I picked up on at the age of 15, 16 years old whenever I was, that I was in high school. And it really bothered me. It rubbed me the wrong way. Not so much for myself. I mean, sure, for me, it was one thing, but I always cared more about other people. And I saw that my classmates were suffering. And so, I, you know, it's funny, if if any of my classmates from back then are listening to this, tell me if you remember this story. And actually, I'm really curious to hear your perspective on it. But what happened actually a number of times was in the middle of the class, the, the teacher, who also happened to be the principal, would say something and I just I, I would just have enough and I wasn't getting it. Whether it was I was trying to ask a question and he wasn't answering it or other people were asking and they weren't getting their questions answered, whatever it was. I basically, and I very vividly remember this, I stand up in the middle of class and I start shouting at my teacher, which again, mind you in, in our circles, like that's not something you do. You don't disrespect the teacher like that. You don't shout at them in front of the whole class. Like that's really, it's a really serious, serious, uh, you know, transgression. But this is what I did. And I basically said, what about us middle people? When are you gonna start paying attention to us? And I, uh, you know, I remember shouting this at him and, I stormed out of the classroom and I went up to my dorm room because at the time I was dorming and I basically spent the rest of the day there. Um, And then as I was coming down for dinner, um, I run into the teacher again, who was also the principal of the school. I run into him in the yard and he says, what was going on? Talk to me. Tell me about this. And to his credit, he actually did this. He took time to listen. And I told him, I said, Here's the thing: you've got the super bright kids, and you've got the kids who are the at-risk kids, and you've got all of us in the middle, and nobody pays attention to us because you know there's no guts, there's no glory, there's no fame, there's there's nothing there's nothing glamorous about it. Just we're we're the average kids, and there's no risk, and there's no reward. And to his credit, this principal actually listened, um, and I do remember that following that he he made an extra effort to pay attention to those of us in the middle. But we go through our life, and we have these. These times where th- these moments in our life that could point us in one direction or the other, that could make an impact not just in our lives, but in the lives of others. No, I, again, I don't know what came out of that. I know what that did for me. It taught me that back then, it taught me that I could stand up for what I believed in. It taught me that there will be people who will listen, and then there will also be people who won't. But in the long, in the long run, in the grand scheme of things, I don't know what that did. But this is part of my living legacy. Now, it is my greatest hope and desire that that inspired some others to be able to do the same or to communicate or to at least stand up for themselves. And in the years since, I did have one or two people reach out to me and remind me of that story and tell them what it meant to them. But the point is that as we go through life, there are these moments when we have a choice to make. We can choose to do what is right, choose to do what we believe in. We could choose to escape by. We can choose to pursue challenges, go after the hard things, and create a legacy with that. Now, right right now, I'm not creating a financial legacy. I'm not creating an artistic creative legacy. <laughs> I mean, listen, maybe th- this podcast is part of that. It's part of that legacy. Who knows what, what people are going to be listening to in 10 years from now if somebody stumbles across this and decides that this is what they needed to hear all along. But all these things add up to it. They create your living legacy. When you stand up for somebody, when you share your thoughts and your opinions, and you stand up for what needs to be stood up for, that's part of your legacy. So why did I bring that story up? Well, because recently I was listening to a podcast. Amazing podcast, and I absolutely love the host and, and what the work he's doing, the great work he's doing. And he was interviewing another gentleman who I actually had the fortune to to speak to recently about mental health. And they were essentially going after this within the educational system. And they highlighted the same exact thing. Now, again, 18 years ago when I said this, the principal heard me, and that was it. Life went on. Now, these two people who are both fairly well-known... um we're talking about this very same concept and it's getting a lot of attention. So part of me is very frustrated because this is what I was saying 18 years ago when I was just a little pisher, you know, (laughs) when I was a a 15, 16 year old kid and it felt like nobody was listening. And now here come along two people who are already well along their way. They've seen success and they're well known. And now that they're saying it gets, it picks up steam. And I've shared this with you before that this is a very common occurrence in my life at least what I've seen and especially in my career within coaching is that that's why I started going by the idea of you know I'm a catalyst I don't help you necessarily get your end result but I'll propel you in the right direction but the point being that we could look at that and say hey that's frustrating hey that's annoying hey it's not fair or we can say I started that I opened that up to the world and now I'm not taking credit for any of this. Let's be clear about that. But to understand that you can make a difference. You can create change. You know, I was actually sharing this very exact story with a good friend of mine. And one of the things he said to me was, you know what, you know what the differences between them and you? They've owned themselves. They've owned who they are. You're still too afraid to be who you are. You're still too afraid to share yourself, truly. And he said, and he, said, he says, and you know how I know that? He says, because I'm afraid too. So it's just interesting to think about that, though. You have the opportunity to speak up. You have the chance to share what's on your mind. You have the chance to share your beliefs. You also have the opportunity and the chance to continue living life the way you normally have continue to live life within the confines of what is normal. You know, I I asked, I reached out to a bunch of people about about this project that I'm working on, one of these mental health projects that I'm working on to get their opinion. And and I was actually very shocked by some of the responses I got. It's very limited thinking, very small-mindedness in a lot of people, where Things are good the way they are. I'm good with these, these things, and I'm just going to continue doing things the way that I've always been doing them. But if you do that, if you take that approach, nothing's going to change. You know, there's a famous saying, nothing, you, you, oh gosh, I want to forget it. i want to butcher it. Okay, I'm not going to bother with it. But the point is, there is, is a famous saying that goes something along the lines of nothing's going to change unless you make a change. Nothing's going to be different unless you do something different. So if you want to see different results in your life, you want to leave a legacy, do the hard work. I've shared with you before how I've started getting up at 5.30 in the morning so that, you know, I can start my day off right. I put myself first so that I can be there for others. Living a legacy means doing things differently. means living a life of meaning and impact. That that is a legacy. Doing something, being someone that stands out. You know, I could leave $100,000 behind after I pass away. That could be my legacy, my financial legacy. It's not going to stand out to anybody. When somebody leaves $100 million behind, that stands out. Why? Because it's a lot. You can be that individual. You can be that living legacy. You can be the person that people point to and say wow look at that look at him look at what they're doing you know i've been doing a lot of research into suicide prevention and mental health i've been exploring trauma and I'm trying do, doing my best to understand it and i've come across dr gabor Mate and i know i'm i'm a little bit late to the <laughs> to, to the bandwagon but i've been really exploring what he teaches and he's got a great book out there. If you don't have it, I highly suggest getting it called The Myth of Normal, Dr. Gabor Mate. I'll put a link in the description. And it's fascinating how he talks about trauma and healing. And he talks about healing being not something that it's about fixing, fixing what's wrong. Healing is about becoming whole again, becoming who you are. And I was speaking to a handful of people about this recently. But that's what it is this is a man who is a living legacy he's a living legacy he's leaving when he passes after 120 years he will have left behind a legacy but that legacy started from when he was alive dr edith an a, a woman who's pretty much called the the female victor frankel she went to the holocaust as well along with dr gabor mate actually as a matter of fact i believe it said that Dr. Gabramate's parents were on the same train as Edith Ava Eger. Or it was the other way around. Maybe she was on the same train as... Oh, well, actually, that would be the same thing. Okay. It's a little bit late, guys. Anyway, the point is these are two individuals who are living a legacy because of the work that they're doing now. Because they're willing to stand up and talk and share and be different. There are people who, on a smaller level are living a legacy so that when they pass they'll be leaving behind a legacy you know we're coming out of the memorial day weekend and it's interesting because you know i'm very blessed to know a number of individuals who are military or former military um, and one of their greatest frustrations is when people wish them You know, happy Memorial Day and and they thank them for their service. And without fail, these all these gentlemen, they all say the same thing. What what are you thanking me for? This is not about me. This is about those who didn't make it home. Memorial Day is about those, as a memorial, in memoriam, for those who didn't make it. Those are the ones that you need to be thanking. Those are the ones who paid the ultimate price. Their legacy is really in their passing. But these gentlemen that I know. They're working right now on creating a living legacy, a legacy in their life through simple things such as reaching out to others, reaching out to other military members, reaching out to other individuals, and just giving them a kind word, giving them a kind gesture, doing something good for somebody else. That's a living legacy. So I want you to think about that. I want you to take some time to think about your life right now. Are you simply living life? Are you going through day by day the status quo? Listen, I, I, I hate me for it. <laughs> if you come to this, re, if you come to a realization, and, and you're like, oh, crud muffins, I actually am not doing anything spectacular with my life. I'm not doing anything different with my life, and 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 that you know that makes you feel horrible. Great, hate me, but do something about it. If you're not doing something special with your life, if you're not doing something different with your life, if you're living the same cookie-cutter life as everybody else, hate to break it to you, you're not living a legacy and you're not going to leave behind a legacy. The only way to live a legacy, the only way to leave behind a legacy, is to do something different. And I'm telling you this, when God created you, when he put you on this earth, he did not create you and put you on this earth so that you could be a cookie-cutter, factory-made individual like everybody else out there. He created you with a unique identity, a unique purpose, a unique mission in life that only you can accomplish. And you're doing a disservice to him. You're being ungrateful to him if you're not living out your life in a very unique way. I don't care what your rabbis tell you. I don't care what your parents tell you. I don't care what your grandparents tell you. <laughs> oh, man. I want to get in so much trouble for this. When I was in the... Uh, a certain place, we'll put it like that. I was in a certain place working for a community and the rabbi and his wife, the rabbi and the Reviton of the community brought down a young individual to help my partner and I out with some of the the programs that we were doing. And so my partner and I were there for the full year and this other young individual, a couple years younger than us came out. He was only there for a week and they paid for his ticket to this really nice tropical place. Um, to come help out. And he basically did absolutely nothing the entire time he was there. And it got to the point where I was fed up. And I said, Who do you think you are that you come out here on a rabbi's dime? You know, he paid for your trip so you can help and you're doing absolutely nothing. And this little kid looks at me. And not a little kid. Okay. Like, again, at the time I was probably, what, 2021? So this kid was 18, 19 years old. He looks at me and says, Do you know who my grandfather is? I said, no, I have absolutely no idea who your grandfather is. He says, my grandfather, in World War II, the Nazis took him and they stripped him naked and they threw him in some tar and then they put feathers on him and he gave up his life for his Judaism. I'm his grandson. I look at this kid and I say, that's wonderful. But what have you done? See, and that's the thing. We get so caught up in the legacy that was left for us that we don't go out there and live our own, create our own. So again, I don't care what your rabbi says. I don't care what your parents say. I don't care what your spiritual leaders, your pastor, your priest, your guru, I don't care what any of them say. There's no such thing as cookie cutter, factory made. Everybody's the same. God did not create the world that way. God did not create you that way. He created you to be unique he created you to be an individual. You have to honor that. You have to go out there and you have to start creating a legacy for yourself, creating a legacy for your children. Live that legacy so that your children and your grandchildren and your great-grandchildren have something to look up to and something to aspire to. Welcome to the conversation. If you enjoyed this episode, it would mean so much to me if you would let me know By hitting that follow button and the notification bell so that the next time I release an episode, you'll be notified and you'll be able to listen to it. Additionally, it would help me immensely if you could leave me a rating and, of course, write a review. I would love to hear back from you, from your feedback, whatever it may be. So please be sure to reach out either through my email, through any of my social media platforms, or by leaving a voice note. I'd say that was a pretty successful broadcast.